Raw by Charles Riley. Good morning. Welcome back to the Young, Black, and Gifted podcast. Um, Your host is always Charles Riley, and it just feels good to actually press record. I haven't here in a little while. Last episode, Broken System, I actually released was back in October. I just honestly haven't been myself as of late. I wish I wasn't so, you know, up and down, you know, as far as my mental. But, you know, sometimes you can't help that. And it's a process and I'm learning every single day how to not only cope with it better but doing what I need to do to help myself feel better normally I'd ignore my own feelings I would ignore my mental to an extent like I wouldn't 100% invalidate myself or my feelings but I'd Definitely would try to back burner them, you know, push them to the side, you know, move forward, excuse me, move forward, go on, you know, as if, you know, it just wasn't a thing. Um, And sometimes, hell, that's more, uh, you know, unhealthy and damaging than if you just admit that you have a problem. So excuse the comparison, you know, to like someone who happened to be, you know, a drug addict. They always say with anything that in order to get help, whether you're helping yourself or someone else is helping you, where technically in a lot of cases, if you reached out to receive help, you're indeed helping yourself. then that's the first step, but definitely a major step. But you have to admit that you have a problem before anything else, because if you don't admit you have a problem, then you're constantly going to be at war with yourself. And... The episode is titled Raw because I'm I'm going to allow myself to be more vulnerable in this episode than I have on any other in reference and speaking as far as myself personally. You know, I try to put you know, I try to put my all and I try to put my emotion into, you know, all of this. I want I literally don't want to cheat anyone with what my initial message and what my initial plans were when I finally decided to stop procrastinating and bullshitting and deciding to actually finally put plans into motion and to put this podcast out. The plan was always to be 100% honest, 100% truthful. Also, if I felt like I wasn't going to be able to put out an amazing product, I wasn't going to put one out that simple so a lot ties into where 
initially I wanted this, this to be a weekly episonic deal. In the first couple of weeks, it was. But I also felt like with doing that at the time, from a non-mental standpoint, I felt like I wasn't giving each episode the proper time to be not only listened to, but appreciated enough because I was already throwing the next one and throwing the next one and throwing the next one. I constantly want to work and there's nothing wrong with that. But that, like I said, a lot of times my mental didn't allow for it and I still tried to force doing something regardless of what it was. And a lot of times it always didn't work out in my favor as far as how I felt afterwards. Yeah, I did it. It was I accomplished it. I'm proud of it. But I don't feel good. I needed to take that time. I needed to take that break. I'm always go, go, go. I don't take breaks. You know what I mean? And whether that's, you know, working multiple jobs, you know, being, um, you know, obviously wanting to, you know, put out this podcast. I have extreme aspirations of being an author. I've wanted to do that since I was five, six years old. So that's currently in the works. Um, like I said, I've mentioned this, uh, you know, this podcast, a part of that also, you know, you, you know, I'm a full-time father. Um, so, you know, I'm just, you know, living, you know, I'm, I'm not special or different from anyone else, of course. Um, just saying, you know, I have a lot, you know, going on. And I wouldn't have it any other way. The only thing that I would change is, again, I have to listen to myself. Times my body and my mental tells me, you know, I'm tired. Take that break. Take a minute to yourself. But in a lot of ways, and I actually wonder how many men can relate to this, but in a lot of ways, sometimes you feel like you don't have a choice. Now, whether that's true or not, you know, more than likely isn't in most people's eyes like you always have a choice. No matter what, you always have a choice. And granted, that may be true. You know, a large percent, a large percentage of the time. But a lot of times, it's not true. Um, I don't know, for me personally, because again, this is me, you know, being raw, being honest, being 100% real. Um for me, honestly, and I was, to, and of course, you know, I was talking to my wife about this. Um, I told her, I was like, I feel like I don't have, you know, a choice. Like there's certain things I feel like if I don't do them, you know, they won't get done. You know, I, I have to, I have to constantly be on the move. I have to do this. I have to do that. That has to be done. You know, and it's not, you know, I had to get her to understand it's not a slight at her. You know, it's, you know, me, I want everything done. I want everything taken care of, house, home, you know, everything. You know, I want to make sure that everything 
is good. You know, I don't want to just sit, you know, and chill or sit and relax when I know shit could be getting handled and shit can be getting taken care of and things can be getting done. I have no room to be worried about sitting and resting and relaxing. Like for what? Mm -hmm. You know, there's, you know, there's shit that you just, you know, have to do. (laughs) And a lot of times, you know, where other people have, you know, the option to, you know, not have to do it or not have to worry about it. You know, they get to, you know, they're going to get to rest or they're going to get to relax or they're going to get to sleep because it's not really, you know, a worry, you know. It's a gift and a curse. A lot of times being heavily dependable and being available. I feel like my biggest problem is availability in the sense of there are a lot of people, you know, that I feel aren't as available. And again, we all have things, you know, that we're going through, like all of us, nobody has to drop anything to come at your beck and call people are always what this next part that I'm going to go into people always misunderstand this is the world doesn't revolve around you and this and that and like it has nothing to do with that I feel like that's a narrative that people spin to not hold any accountability speaking of accountability that has been the toughest no lie that has been one of the toughest things I've ever had to face I've held myself accountable in certain instances but never full-fledged done it like now I'm balls deep <laughs> you know literally like raw as can be like I didn't took the condom off and tossed it away and I'm all in <laughs> and you know metaphorically speaking because I I have to understand, like, I have to understand that, yes, with you having, you know, relatives and wives and children and friends, that other people, there's no other way around it, other people are going to affect you. You know, clearly, we're human with human emotions. They're going to affect us. But at the end of the day, this was the hardest pill to swallow, common sense but a hard pill to swallow that no one else is responsible for what you allow. Same with like your happiness. No one is responsible for that but you. Yes, they can contribute. Yes, they could be doing you wrong. Yes, they could be not showing the same type of effort that you do, whether that's just to simply say hi or check in, see how things are going, anything. It could be, you know, it can be small or it can be large. You have to deal with you always. Nobody's responsible for you but you. And 
my problem, like I said, a gift and a curse is I feel like I feel like every other human, except I think I, I feel super intensely. And like I said, it's things about it that I like as far as referring to myself, but then there's things about it that I don't. I'm more trying to be focused, honestly, on the things that I don't. Again, I hate that I'm so available. In the sense that I could need somebody. And there's times when genuinely, you know, hey, sometimes they got to be there for themselves the same way if it was vice versa. But then there's times where. And you can tell, like, I just rather you just be honest, but you can tell when a lot of people just don't want to be bothered with what you got going. <laughs> and a lot of times all you need is an ear to bend. So especially if you follow me on social media, um, whether I know you, don't know you, you know, I know you, but we don't speak that often. You know, every once in a blue moon or we ain't spoke since high school, whatever. I know sometimes people don't have anybody to talk to because I've been there not having somebody to talk to. And I'm always willing to let you, you know, bend my ear, you know, preferably, you know, if you need to literally talk. But hell, even if it's a text message, like I'm always willing to listen if you're willing to talk, if you're willing to be open and be vulnerable and be honest and you don't even need the feedback you just need somebody to listen and need somebody to care I got you but the harsh reality is in a lot of the darkest times of my life I didn't have that you know, and like I said, you got and it hurts even more when you know you got relatives and friends and, you know, a wife. And you still feel like. You know, you are alone and, you know, alone is the biggest state of mind because. You could be in a room full of 100 people and still feel alone. And, you know, people don't realize that, you know, people always want, oh, you got, you know, all these friends and I I see it all the time on social media. You got 1500 friends. How you got no friends? How you not alone? You live at home and got a wife like you just, you know, sometimes, um, you know, none of that matters. And I feel like people don't get the bigger picture of that where. Again, you can be around all these people or have all these people, but that doesn't guarantee that they're there for you or guarantee that they're there for your mental or guarantee that you're comfortable enough to want to reach out or talk to them. Worst feeling is reaching out and talking to people and they act like they care. <laughs> like, I'd rather you just be honest from jump and tell me you don't so I don't waste the time. But the people who genuinely act like they care with not necessarily a hidden agenda behind it, but even the ones, the worst ones that have a hidden agenda behind it, they just want to be nosy and be in your business, you know, running 
you know, a listening ear a lot of times can be a running mouth. And that happens way too often than, you know, most people will admit. But, you know, it is what it is at this point. You can't control, you know, what people do. And you can't speak for other people's integrity in respect of your privacy. But again, just um, in that little part of it, yeah, I'm here if you, you know, need an ear to bend, if you need, you know, someone to talk to, someone to listen, someone to genuinely care. Um, Like I spoke about often in my episode titled Help. Like we all, you know, need help. We all need someone and I get a lot of independent, you know, people, you know, I, I don't need anybody. I just did. I need myself. And in, in, in a way, yes, that's true. You know, but like we all as human, you know, beings with human emotions want people to genuinely care, especially the ones that's closest to us. Unfortunately, that's not always the way the cookie crumbles. But, you know, again, it is what it is. That's kind of been heavy on my mind on the is what it is here lately and I think that's why my mental is starting to get a little better um because the last two weeks you know have been extremely extremely rough you know personally you know for me and the people around me um you know I have a dear friend um it's been my best friend since kindergarten and you know she was dealing you know with a lot but most importantly, and I couldn't couldn't even imagine she lost her mother. And I also was close to her mother. Um, again, I've known her since kindergarten, so I've known her mom pretty much around the same time frame. You know, she taught me. And, um, you know, she was a big influence on my life, especially my early life. Uh, you know, my circumstances you know, weren't always the best, you know, as far as my, you know, home life neighborhoods that I grew up in. So a lot of times being a child, obviously, but a lot of times I acted out, you know, at school, like that was my, the way to deal with it all. But anyway, she was one of the first adults and people that, you know, really didn't box me in, not only with other people or other children, but with other quote unquote black children. Um, I was only six, you know, was already, you know, six, seven around there, something like that. I already subjected to racism, Um, you know, hearing an adult, you know, hearing a teacher, I don't know if she didn't think I was listening or whatever, but she was saying, you know, he's just a typical black child, you know, bad. And, you know, um, my teacher, she wasn't going for that, you know, had my back, you know, spoke up, said something when one, she didn't have to, you know, that could have strained their friendship, whatever. But, you know, when it came to standing up for basic human and civil rights, she didn't care. <laughs> You know, she, again, didn't box me in, didn't, you know, segregate me, didn't include me or group me with, you know, other black people and other black kids. 
you know, saw something more and one of the first people to see the potential that I, of course, was too young to see. And then growing and moving on from that, it helped me with my confidence, you know, going forward. So I'm forever grateful for her. I miss her. I'm upset with myself for just going through life and the motions in the sense of not reaching, a lot of times not reaching out and keeping in contact with the people you care about the most until it's 100% too late. And then all you have is the I wish this and I wish that. You know, you cheated them and you cheated yourself. You know, so I'll never formally get to say goodbye but thank you Mrs. Hoff and I love you now back to my availability again I want to be there you know what I mean I there's a lot of times hell I got shit going on just like the next human but I put down what I'm doing sometimes, if I can, to try to be there. You know, there's a lot of people who won't answer your phone calls, your text messages until they need or want something. And a lot of them don't even answer you, answer those messages at all. They just send you brand new messages that have nothing to do with what you asked or what you're talking about, because now we're talking about them. You know, they need something, you know, they need, um, you know, they need to borrow money or a lot of times they don't even have to do necessarily with money. It's just something that's beneficial to them. In a lot of cases, most people don't fuck with you until it's beneficial to them. And that's one thing I've always prided myself on, whether I reap any benefits or not. I want to be there. I want to be there for you. And hell, a lot of times it feels like a drop of a dime. I'll sit there and battle myself when I see the message come across the screen. Don't answer. Don't answer. Don't message. Make them wait like they made you wait. But I never do when I answer. And nine times out of ten, I, I go help them. You know, and not saying they're not appreciative of that help. But after that help, you know, life goes back to normal. They're not talking to you or really fucking with you like that. And, you know, it would bother me. But I never said anything or spoke up on it. And then next time it comes around, I help you again. And I help you again. And I help you again. Like that shit is emotionally, mentally fucking draining. Feeling like somebody just always wants to come around or come to you when, you know, they need, you know, to get water from the well. But other than that, they don't fuck with the well and they don't attend to the well. They don't even check on the well to make sure the water is still good. Especially when it's the people that you care about the most or you feel like you're closest to. That's when it really gets complicated. And I've had to learn the hard way again in the last couple of weeks that, you know, people... A lot of them will only fuck with you when they need to fuck with you. Like they keep you there just in case. Kind of like you being friend zoned. Like they know they don't want you. They don't want to be with you. They don't want to this. They don't want to that. But they're going to keep you there because they know at the drop of a dime, 
you're going to be there. Mm-hmm. Period. They know that they can run to you because they know that you're going to go to the ends of the earth for them if it was absolutely 100% necessary. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you can do somebody like that their entire life, but at the end of the day, you only cheat yourself by doing people that way. You really do. So, I, um, I don't know, last couple of weeks, I've just been tired, more mentally, you know, tired than I have in a long time. And again, like I said, it's, it's, it's slowly but surely improving, but that's because I didn't do like I was in the past. You know, I'm not ignorant to the fact that, you know, I was being used or people didn't care or this or that, but like I wanted to care, you know, a lot because who I am, but a lot of stuff is still instilled in you, you know, generational curses that we need to break. We have to break the curse that just because they're your family, y'all have to talk. Y'all have to be close. You know, you can never let family go. Y'all always have to make it work. Fuck that. Because family sometimes more than anybody else will prove and show to you time after time after time that even they don't give a fuck. You know, that keeping your enemies closer, nah, <laughs> hell, you got to keep your friends and your family closer, because in my lifetime, I've been done over and fucked the worst by relatives, and that doesn't mean I'm perfect, because potentially, they're probably out there with a story, or they're out there, and they feel that I did them wrong, I fucked them, you know, so I'm not, um, you know, dismissing that. But potentially I did. Again, I'm not perfect. You know what I mean? But I also can't speak for, you know, things that I've done in the past. Because then I'd be sitting here just making excuses or apologizing or saying I'm sorry for things that I wasn't sorry or wasn't apologizing for at that specific time. So... If I did, you know, do anything or hurt anyone or made anybody even feel remotely close to what people have made me feel, I genuinely hate that that happened. But like I said, I'm not going to disrespect you with a half-assed apology. I just have to be better. And I feel like, especially in the last couple of years, I feel like I have been better and I have improved. You know, it helps when you don't really even talk to people like that. You know what I mean? So I kind of cutting out a lot of that human contact, you know, and whether intentionally or not, you know, doesn't put me in those same situations that I've, you know, used to put my own self in. So, you know, a little bit more reserved, you know, nowadays, like, honestly, I just want to go to work and come home. Like, it's cliche, <laughs> you know, but that's it. You know, throw a, a couple of times here and there, you know, I want to, you know, see certain people or, you know, be with certain people. And my most favorite thing, travel, you know, going to games, specifically NFL and NBA. Like, that's 
my mental reliever. You know, everybody has something that they get to do in their hardest times or their darkest times that makes them feel good or makes them forget the problems that they have going on, like even for a little while. But, you know, the pandemic, you know, put a strain on that. At one point, you know, we didn't have sports at all. And, you know, then it went to limited. You know, now it's kind of trying to get back in full swing, but in a way still limited, you know, with a lot of arenas, you know, requiring you to be vaccinated. And, you know, people feel strongly, a lot of people feel strongly about not doing that. You know, so regardless, I feel like, you know, whether you're going to get the vaccine or not, stand behind what you decide to do, regardless of what other people do. Let people just make their fucking decisions and just let it be done. You know, you being mad, pissy, or being a bitch doesn't change the stance or change what they want to do. You know, do what's best for you, and they're going to do what's best for them. Shouldn't be destroying your fellow man, you know, or thy neighbor, because they think and act differently than you do. So... Like I said, I, you know, I wanted to be, you know, 100% honest and, you know, upfront in this episode. And I feel like thus far I have been. I've, I've had to do some of the toughest things I've ever done in the last hell week, you know, with cutting off certain individuals who happen to be relatives. Um, and even if I didn't cut them off, you know, the ones that weren't necessarily, you know, just a hundred percent toxic because you got people who are just a hundred percent toxic to you and then you got ones that can be uh can be toxic towards you if that makes sense let me explain that a little better i feel like there are individuals that are just toxic you know period now i got now then i see there are people who you know just because they're specifically toxic to you or they've done things that have been toxic to you don't necessarily mean that they're a toxic person they could be different with the next person <laughs> nor the next person you know you we all affect other individuals differently but then you got people who it doesn't matter like they're just toxic it don't matter who it's to you know, you or the next person, they're toxic to everyone that they come across, whether they're, you know, selfish, you know, manipulative, you know, a straight 100% narcissist and only fuck with people when it's beneficial to them. Those are the ones that you got to watch out for. And unfortunately, we all, you know, have come in contact with or have those particular type people in our lives and sometimes and it was the hardest thing ever because it's been you know it's been going on for a while you know a long while and sometimes years but again you know just hanging on to that belief and faith you know that people are better clearly everyone has the potential to be better but a lot of times we just be seeing shit that's not even there. Having, you know, given too much benefit of the doubt. When people show you who they really, truly are, believe them the first time. And my problem is I didn't. A lot of times I can be a bad judgment of character. Because I want to see the good in the person. Especially if I care. 
especially if I care. I want to see the good in you. But when it affects me and affects my mental, of course, it starts with me. But then when it starts to affect my family, my kids, you know, my wife. Yeah, that's when I know, yeah, I got to, you know, I got to cut ties. I got to cut that plug. I got to cut that lifeline, you know, the connection that you have to me. And in doing that in the last couple of weeks, you know, it's, it has done my mind, you know, wonders. Of course, there's always going to be setbacks with everything, but just sitting back and looking at everything as a whole in totality, I can honestly say that, no, I'm not happy. You know, I'm, uh, I'm definitely not okay, <laughs> you know, still and I'm hoping that this episode is just telling people that they can be 100% honest and real about how they feel. You're allowed to not be okay. Like I said with these episodes, I talk to everybody. But I really want to be an advocate for men. Because I feel like a lot more often than not, that people do not care about our mental health. It's been enlightening to see a lot of women on social media that do care, however, you know, that are posting about things, you know, men related, men, mental health related. Yesterday was International Men's Day, you know, and just seeing the ones that genuinely care that are talking about the things that us men feel as far as we feel like, you know, Yes, we're yes, we're the head of the household. You know, we're expected to, you know, be that. We're expected to be the breadwinner. We're expected to do so much. Now, I feel like mothers also are expected to do a lot. But I feel like it's a different um and not in every household, you know, before I, you know, I get attacked, but a lot of times women are respect mothers are respected and appreciated you know for all the those things that they do i see a lot of times with fathers that you know it's like uh that's what you're supposed to do attitude which granted it is you're supposed to take care of your kids and supposed to handle business but it's nice to be appreciated again i'll never not feel appreciated as far as you know my wife is for you know making sure and showing that, you know, she recognizes, you know, the things that I do and appreciates and values the things that I do. But I see a lot of times with friends, you know, and even people who aren't necessarily close with me that, you know, they don't get that appreciation. They don't get that respect. Like, you know, that's dad, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, there's no emotional tie to that. You know, you're just supposed to, you know, you're supposed to go to work. You know, whether you're breaking your back or not, regardless of the occupation you hold. But, you know, you're supposed to go work. You're supposed to provide. You're not allowed to be tired. You know, you're not allowed to be sick. Like a lot of guys are battling with that every day of what they're quote unquote not allowed to do. A lot of a lot of them. The difference a lot of times, and I don't know if it's just because it's just been made normal and, you know, and been normalized, but a lot of us don't speak on it. You know what I mean? A lot of us 
not necessarily putting on some front or faking. We just, you know, have that it is what it is mentality. So you're just going through life doing, you know, everything that you feel like you need to do and you need to take care of. And whether that's your friends, your family, your wife, whoever, a lot of times they don't even realize, you know, what you're battling and the demons you're facing daily. When everybody in the house is asleep, peacefully sleeping and you can't sleep, you know, when you're wide awake because you're still constantly thinking of ways to improve beating yourself the fuck up because you felt like as a husband you failed that day as a father you failed that day extremely hard on yourself I'm hard on myself every single day and I talk to my wife about a lot of it but then a lot of it I don't here lately I have you know more I've opened up more. But sometimes, you know, you felt like you couldn't or that you shouldn't. You know, you didn't want to come off as quote unquote a complainer. But again, you're human with human emotions, just like women are. Men have to be more in tune with their feelings. So I hope the men of my generation, I know a lot of them are my friends specifically, but I hope the men of my generation are teaching their children their little boy, excuse me, specifically their sons, that they matter. What they feel matters. Their emotions matter. You know, everything matters. If you're hurt, if you're tired, whatever, like you got to teach them to, to speak on it and talk on it. Or we're just going to raise another generation of hardened men with no emotion. Especially going in towards relationships where a lot of women feel like they're quote unquote raising a man. In a sense, a lot of them, you know, are. You know what I mean? In a sense, a lot of them are. And you got to be honest. Some men have to be honest and realize that that is the case where they're with this woman now. And she's, yes, you know, you want your partner to show you how they need to be loved and show you their love language. But your partner shouldn't have to show you to be emotional, show you to care, show you to give a fuck. Things that should come natural weren't taught naturally to a lot of us boys growing up. They just weren't. So we got to break that generational curse. And I know that I am. I can only speak for me. I only hope to continue to see it in others. So. I really. Excuse the long. Excuse the long pause. Um, Like I said, just being, you know, honest and 100 percent. This is an emotional episode for me. Like extremely emotional. Um, like I said, especially predicated on, you know, what made this come about. You know, differences in my eating and, you know, differences in my mental and my mind state, you know, and, and it affecting me and making me feel worse as a husband and a father. 
you know, for not being there and 100% always being available to my family when I myself was sick mentally, when I couldn't seem to get out of my own way. And I feel like when I'm in the, when I'm feeling the way I felt, like I've, I've felt a lot of times, you know, you know, I'm the issue. I'm in my own way, you know, often, extremely often. But like I said, not like I have the last couple of weeks. This has been the worst stretch of my entire life mentally. Like I would feel like I was, you know, being drained, you know, or slowly but surely. But this one, I felt like literally like the. Like literally it was dry, <laughs> like everything was dry and everything was empty. And I feel like I'm constantly filling others cups but nobody you know a hundred percent like nobody came to check to make sure that my cup was full I don't know <laughs> it's uh <laughs> yeah it's wild um but like I said I'm trying to you know improve you know daily with a lot of things I'm I really am I truthfully am um but it's tough when you're real especially when you're going through your own things and you know still feeling like regardless of what you're going through like obviously you have to figure it out you have to be okay I like I said I can admit I'm not okay but a lot of times I feel like I don't have a choice you know like I have to be okay. If I'm not okay, I have to hurry up and find a way to be okay as quick as possible. I have too many people that depend on me. You know, I have a wife who needs my leadership and I have kids. I have two sons that are watching me. They're watching my every move and I have to be that example. But in that example, I don't want to show them that just because you're feeling down and bad and hurt and worthless to ignore it. I want them to explore it. I want them to get to the roots of why so they can live healthy lives mentally. I want to give them something in a childhood. And I've heard it before, but I'm mainly quoting my wife here recently that you want to give your children a life and a childhood specifically that they don't have to recover from because a lot of us had a childhood that wasn't, you know, that had its positives and negatives, but had, you know, with me, with my father leaving, starting off my childhood that, you know, affect us today. Don't invalidate that. Don't use it as an excuse for why you became a shitty person you know, or why you're a bad father or, you know, people too many times use past traumas. Yes, they affected you. But especially as an adult, now you shape you now. You have a whole new, you know, rock of marble. You can build and mess with that and shape that any way that you'd like. I hope this episode, you know, will help someone, you know, 
like I said, the biggest highlights from it is I just hope that you realize that you are allowed to not be okay. And when it comes to family, you know, friends also, anybody, but family specifically, if they're toxic, cut them the fuck off. You have to. How can you be the best version of you? Not only for you, for your for your family. How can you be the best version of you in every aspect possible if you are not okay? Take care of you. A harsh reality is being a man in this world is extremely hard. Extremely tough. It's it's trying, especially being an African American, when it's trying and it's dangerous. But you gotta realize too that it's also lit. <laughs> like you have to realize that you're special. You're amazing in the way that you were made. And be happy with that. You know, constantly want to build, constantly want to improve, and constantly want to learn. And this last one is mainly hell uh, message even to my own self. But it's okay to sit down. And take a break and mentally give yourself some time to sit back and chill and relax and make sure you're good and make sure your mind is right and make sure your mental is where it needs to be. Seek help if necessary. My name is Charles and... This has been Raw. Have a blessed rest of your day.